98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Richard Pine. The headlines. Rescue divers are resuming their daring bid to free eight boys and their football coach from a flooded cave complex in Thailand. Four of the boys were rescued last night. The Japanese government says at least 100 people are dead or presumed dead after heavy flooding and landslides in the west of the country. The meteorological agency says the situation remains one of extreme danger. And locally, there's been a lukewarm response to mainland smartphone maker Xiaomi on its stock market debut. It's believed that rescue divers have resumed their bid to free the remaining eight boys and their football coach from a flooded cave in Thailand. Four of the boys were rescued last night. The BBC's Sophie Long is at the cave complex. It is a race against time, a race against the weather, as more heavy rain is forecast to fall in the area over coming days. 18 expert divers, supported by a team of more than 70 international and Thai divers, entered the cave to attempt to guide the boys to safety. And in total darkness, two divers swam with each child tethered to the diver in front. They followed a previously laid guide rope to help over difficult terrain. It's reported the narrowest part is only just under 40 centimetres wide. The boys will be helped through by the diver in front before continuing. The Thai government says the boys rescued last night are strong and safe, but would need to undergo detailed medical checks. The Japanese government says at least 100 people are dead or presumed dead after heavy floods and landslides in the west of the country. Emergency teams are working around the clock to rescue those trapped in rising waters. Helicopters and boats were used to evacuate patients from a hospital in one of the worst affected towns, Kurashiki. Almost 5 million people have been ordered or advised to leave their homes, and the Japanese Meteorological Agency says the situation remains one of extreme danger. There's been a lukewarm response to mainland smartphone maker Xiaomi on its debut on the stock market here, spelling a lackluster start for Hong Kong's new share structure regime. Xiaomi is the first firm to use the new dual-class structure with different voting rights after authorities changed listing rules to attract new economy firms. Xiaomi shares were down in early trade from its IPO price of $17. But speaking at the listing ceremony, the financial secretary Paul Chan said this was more to do with ongoing trade frictions. Recently, the stock market has been affected by the sentiments arising from the trade conflict, and this is still uh, developing. Uh, it is hard to uh, estimate at this stage the impact on the stock market. Uh, we will continue to monitor this closely. The government's annuity agency says it plans to roll out public annuity schemes every year. Last week, the Hong Kong Mortgage Corporation annuity launched a plan for residents aged 65 and above to invest up to a million dollars in exchange for monthly payments. Subscription intention forms can be picked up at 20 banks from today. Edmund Lau is the head of the HKMC annuity. Since we have right now um, over 1.3 million people aged 65 and above, but afterwards, uh, we'll have over 100,000 people stepping into the age of 65 each year. So we believe that there is a continuing demand for this kind of product. And it's our plan to roll out this product on a continuing basis. The scheme will have to be revealed in light of the um, reaction uh, and the public response, particularly to this current change of the, the plan. The High Court will decide later whether to deal separately with five judicial review applications over the government's decision to allow mainland laws to be applied in the future West Kowloon Terminus or deal with one of the cases first. Priscilla Ng reports. Five different parties have lodged separate judicial review applications against the government's decision to make parts of a terminus a mainland port area. 
The applicants include ousted lawmaker Lang Kuakong and Youngspirations Sixtus Lang, Chengchao resident Kwok Chee Kin, a new Democrat member, as well as a social worker. The applicants told the court that their cases should be heard separately because they have different grounds and reasons to challenge the controversial decision, which they said violated the basic law and one country, two systems principle. But the government's counsel, Benjamin Yu, said the court should only deal with one of the cases because it would be a waste of time and taxpayers' money to hear so many different submissions, which in essence are trying to achieve the same thing. Mr. Yu said the case is of great public importance and to expedite. The process. The court should only deal with one of the cases. Judge Anderson Chow will make a decision later. The court will likely deal with the case in September and October. Democratic Party lawmaker James Toe has urged the police to explain and investigate why officers refused to follow up on a citizen's complaint involving phone snatching. Lao Yusun said he had his phone snatched by a pro-government protester as he was shooting a video of clashes at a rally outside the Legco complex last month. The phone was returned to him at the scene after he threatened to call the police. Mr. Lao believes the police should still look into his case. He says he was told that a chief inspector had ordered other officers not to take his statement, even when he made a report at the police station the next day. Mr. Toe says this is not the force's normal practice. I don't want to speculate. There may be a lot of reasons. To the minimum, there may be a genuine belief of trivial criminal behavior, not worthy for rough investigation. But to the maximum, of course, there can be a political bias. Well, of course, in the middle ground,、uh, there may be laziness, there may be other illogical reasons. Without taking a statement, or even ordering or prohibiting the taking of a statement, I think is、uh, obviously illogical. The UK minister leading his country's negotiations to leave the European Union has resigned and launched a savage attack on Prime Minister Theresa May. David Davis's departure and that of his junior minister comes two days after the British government finally agreed its new negotiating position. The BBC's Vicky Young reports. Theresa May's Brexit plans are in turmoil, undermined by the man who was supposed to be leading the UK's negotiations with Brussels. On Friday, the Prime Minister hailed a major breakthrough. The cabinet agreed to back her proposal for a closer alignment with the EU than many in her party wanted. In his resignation letter, Mr. Davis launched a scathing attack on the prime minister's approach, saying that the current trend of policy and tactics was making it less and less likely that the UK would leave the customs union and the single market as Conservatives promised at the election. He added that at best the UK would be left in a weak negotiating position. John Longworth is the co-chairman of Leave Means Leave. He supports the resignations wholeheartedly. It's very good news. It's absolutely what the ministers should have done on Friday. What ministers are now saying is that they've looked at the detail, they've cogitated on the effects that this agreement would have, and they've come to the conclusion that it's very bad for the UK. And not only that, it actually undermines the vote that took place in June 2016. It is not Brexit. British police have launched a major investigation into the murder of Dawn Sturgis, one of two people infected with the nerve agent Novichok. Her partner was also taken ill and remains in a critical condition. Here's the BBC's Frank Gardner. Hospital staff in Salisbury said they did all they could to save the life of Dawn Sturgis, a 44-year-old mother of three. She died late on Sunday after being on life support, while another victim, Charlie Rowley, remains in critical condition. Around a hundred counterterrorism detectives were already working on this investigation. The working hypothesis is that the pair became contaminated after touching a poison container. 
left over from the March attack on Sergei and Yulia Skripal. The death of Dawn Sturgis now changes the investigation to a murder inquiry, with all the diplomatic and security ramifications that carries. At least 24 people have died after a train derailed in a remote area of northwest Turkey. More than 70 were injured in the incident in the province of Tekirdag, west of Istanbul. These passengers pleaded for help. Thank God we're okay, but many are dead. Please go and help them. Our carriage and all the others behind ours derailed. There are many dead and wounded. We fell and we escaped through a window. The Turkish government has sacked more than 18,000 soldiers, police officers, teachers and civil servants. The BBC's Danny Eberhard reports. The Turkish government accuses those sacked of links to terrorist groups. Half of them are police officers and another third members of the armed forces. More than 125,000 people have been sacked since the coup attempt, which saw the introduction of emergency rule. Critics say those powers have been used to crack down on broader dissent. Reports suggest Recep Tayyip Erdogan, having secured re-election last month to a new executive presidency with greatly increased powers, is now preparing to lift emergency rule, and that this could be the last purge before he does so. Scientists say they can now explain the massive rise in emissions of a gas which has been found to be highly damaging to the Earth's protective ozone layer. According to research, the rise in Southeast Asia is due to the illegal use of a chemical called CFC-11 in the home construction market. The BBC's Matt McGrath reports. CFC-11 is a very effective blowing agent, helping polyurethane foam expand into rigid thermal insulating material. While it's being phased out globally, Chinese builders have illegally turned to CFC-11 because it's cheap and effective. They've been under extreme pressure from their government to make homes more energy efficient to help cut CO2 emissions. But by using such large quantities of CFC-11, they could delay the healing of the ozone layer by up to a decade. The UN body that regulates ozone-destroying chemicals will meet this week in Vienna. They will urge the Chinese government to crack down rapidly on the production of the chemical. China's most valuable tech company, Tencent, says it plans to spin off its streaming music service on a U.S. stock exchange. In a statement issued through the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, Tencent Holdings said share price and other details of the stock offering in Tencent Music have yet to be decided. Tencent's other businesses include the WeChat social media platform and online games and video. Taking a look at the stocks a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,736. 420 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $53 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.43 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 17 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 43 cents. Now to the sport. Here's Adam Chung. We start with cycling. Hong Kong's Sarah Lee is warming up for next month's Asian Games in Jakarta by claiming Hong Kong's only gold medal at the Japan Track Cup. The 31-year-old dominated her mainland rivals to win the women's sprint. She beat Lin Jun Hong to reach the last 16 in comfortable fashion and was very much in control in her next two races. She beat the American Madeleine Godbum and Matilda Gross of France in order to set up a final against her main rival and 2015 world champion Zhong Tianxi. Sarah won that in style and is expected to challenge for gold at the Asian Games, which starts in six weeks' time. 
to golf in a record-breaking display by South Korea's Kim Se-young. She became the first player in LPGA Tour history to go lower than 30 under in a performance so dominant she now owns the tour scoring records all to herself. Kim closed with a 7 under 65 on Sunday to win the Thornbury Classic in Wisconsin by nine shots. She finished at 31 under par to break by four shots from the tour record she had shared with Annika Sorenstam. She won for the first time this year and joined Brooke Henderson as the only players on the tour with at least one victory in each of the last four seasons. On to cricket now. India have started their summer tour of England with a 2-1 win in their T20 series. India won by seven wickets in the third and final match in Bristol. The BBC's Nikesh Rakhani was watching. In the end, India won the game quite easily with eight balls to spare, but England will feel they lost momentum towards the back end of their innings. At one stage, they looked on target to get 220, thanks to good starts from Jason Roy and Joss Butler, but clusters of wickets restricted them to 198 for nine. India never let their required run rate get out of hand, and Rohit Sharma led them home with an unbeaten 100, his third in this format. So India win the series, next up the ODI series, which starts next week. Major League Baseball has unveiled the rosters for next week's All-Star Game in Washington. The hometown Nationals are headed by outfielder Bryce Harper and pitcher Max Scherzer. They'll try to help the National League win only their fourth Midsummer Classic in the last 20 years. Meanwhile, the South Korean baseball star Chu Shin-soo waited till the last out of the game to keep his record hit streak alive. The Texas Rangers outfielder reached base on an infield single with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning, meaning he's hit safely in 47 consecutive games. That beats the previous club record set by Julio Franco in 1993. The Rangers went on to win the game 3-0 over the Detroit Tigers. And that's your look at sports. That was Adam Chung with the sport. To end the news, the top stories once again. Rescue divers are resuming their daring bid to free eight boys and their football coach from a flooded cave complex in Thailand. Four of the boys were rescued last night and are considered to be strong and stable, but need detailed medical checks. The Japanese government says at least 100 people are dead or presumed dead after heavy flooding and landslides in the west of the country. The meteorological agency says the situation remains one of extreme danger. And there's been a lukewarm response to mainland smartphone maker Xiaomi on its stock market debut here. The news from RTHK.